This is the Victory Life Today podcast with Al and Angie Berg. Together, we'll learn how to stand in victory each and every day. Live life set ablaze by faith, filled with purpose. Live life above your circumstance. Welcome to Victory Life Today. I'm Al Burke. And I'm Angie Burke. Thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate you being here. We love to give out the Word of God and to just show you things that God has shown us over the years. And we're on a really important topic called anxiety. Amen. And how to get rid of it. And, you know, you might think, oh, I'll never get rid of mine. You have no idea, Angie, what's going on in my life. I'll never, I have a right to be anxious. Well, you, you do. You, you, you have a right to be anxious. You have a decision you could make. And if you feel you want to be anxious the rest of your life, that's fine. You know, you won't get any help here, but we want to get you past just coping and, and believing a lie. That's a lie of the enemy to say that you have to live with anxiety the rest of your life. It's a complete lie. And, you know, if you want to go with it, then, hey, just do it. But we have a better way and you can absolutely be free from anxiety and fear and everything else that encompasses that. So sure. we're going to continue, Al, this uh, today, and it's believing you can be free from anxiety. You need to believe you can be free from it. You got it. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. mean, I was just saying, and I didn't even realize this was the topic, <laughs> but I was just saying, you know, you have to believe that you can be free. And most, a lot of people just think I'll never get free. I'll never. And that's a bad attitude. You got to change your attitude. You got to change your speech life. There's things you have to do to be free. And that's what we're talking about. Yes. So, you know, God really isn't asking all that much of us. We put more on us than what God is actually asking of us, believe it or not. Yes. We make it. You know, a lot of people say, oh, he's the God of the do's and the don'ts. And, uh, you know, he's, we, there's all these laws. You know, God is the God of law. And it's true in the Old Testament the law. But in the New Testament, because of what Jesus did, all the law becomes instruction. Oh, I love it that. It changes the ball game. Instruction is one thing. Uh, in other words, if you, if I instruct you to do something a certain way and I'm trying to teach, and if you don't do it, you're not going to get thrown in jail. You, you might suffer the consequences of not doing it right, you, you know, something may happen, You whatever. You know, uh, my son was trying to do this kite flying thing with the, you, you fly off and they're, they're kite in the water. Boarding. Kite boarding. And the instructor instructed him how to do this. Right. And if he didn't do it right, they're not going to come and arrest him. They're not going to throw him in jail. He's just going to fall. And that's not a good thing or whatever's going to happen. The, you will have the consequences of your decisions. But we have to get this in our head. God isn't trying to beat you over the head. He's trying to do the opposite. And so the law has become instruction. The Ten Commandments are the, become the Ten Blessings. Do them and you'll be blessed by them. If you don't want to do them, God's not going to curse you or bring judgment on you for them. But you will get the consequences of your decisions. So, you know, it's there for our benefit if we abide by him. It's it's, like God's not doing it to some ego trip, you know, like I want you to obey me because after all, I'm God. This is it's for you. It's for you. Right. And we've got this so backwards. We've we've got this so wrong. I I always believe that the devil's 
he's the deceiver. He's always deceiving people. And he does bad things and makes bad things happen. And then he says, God did this to you. And you walk away thinking God did this. And he didn't. You know, I told in an earlier show, I was talking about how I got this speeding ticket and how I learned from it that God, the ticket was expunged from the record. Most people would say, God made you go speeding so you would get a ticket so you could learn this. God never told me to speed. It was what I did of my own free will. But he was, God was never against me. He helped me get out of it. That's right. That's so we got to, we, we have to understand that we obey God because we believe in him and we love him. And it's, right. it's something we want to do. You know, I teach people all the time that there's rewards, get your rewards, do things that are rewardable. So when you get to heaven, you get your rewards, but I don't serve God for rewards. I serve him because I love him right. and because he's just so awesome. And I just want to be his friend, say it that way. But I get the rewards anyway, and it's okay to do that. Yeah, I think we have an opposite so many times where we have to, and and let's take anxiety because that's what we're talking about. We're going to fight this anxiety. We're going to fight this anxiety. Then we're going to see how much God loves us. Really, what God wants to show us is how much he loves us and how much he's on our side. If we focus on that, then out of that stems the strength to fight the anxiety. Out of that strengths the truth that you could be free. Yeah. You, and you know but what? But a lot of times we do it in our own strength. We're trying to, you and know? we fail. Yes. If you just understand God loves you and he's not mad at you, the anxiety levels just start going down all by themselves yeah. without even working on it. They do. I mean, you have to work on it, but it, the stress levels come down. God's not mad. He isn't taking me out because of this. Right. So. Right. That's good. That's good. We obey him because we believe him. Because we love them and we have a personal relationship That's with right. them. And that should be first and foremost, really. Um, you, you, you know, and it's not points that you have to do. You just have to be in touch with Jesus. And then he will walk you through this and help you to get free. You know, in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, I'm telling you, I love the Gospel of John. It, it almost makes me laugh, Al. Because chapter 6 and 7 and 8 and 9, nobody believed Jesus. Nobody. And he did all miracles here. I know. You I know, know. And, and nobody believed him. They just didn't want to. I don't know. The Jews were having a difficult time believing Jesus, even after witnessing so many healings and so many miracles. What about the feeding of the 5,000 plus people with just five loaves of bread and two fish? I mean, they had just seen this. And not only that, there were 12 baskets full right. left over. I mean, that was a miracle. You know, Many teachers say this, and I kind of agree with them, that if Jesus showed up in your kitchen or your living room right now, and you knew it was him, and you had an incredible conversation with him, and it was awesome, and, and he leaves, three months later, we're like, he never came. It, it, it doesn't stick with us, you know, because we're always looking for something major and, oh, I need an epiphany. I need a breakthrough. I need Jesus I need a to word. show up. Everybody need, needs a word. Right. You don't need a word. You got the Bible. The, right. The amazement of that visitation and the effect wears off. And it should not be that way. And we really take for granted spiritual things. You know, Al and I moved to North Carolina uh, six, seven years, eight years ago. I don't know. It's been a long time. And, and we live on a lake and, you know, it's a beautiful area. 
And when I moved there, I said to the Lord, whatever happens, I never want to. I want you to make sure, Lord, that I never take for granted the beauty when I look out the window, the nature that you, you've, you've created all of this. I don't ever want to say, oh, that's right, I'm on, I'm on the lake, or oh, yeah, that lake. And, and I don't ever want it to become a nuisance or whatever. And you know, Till this day, when I get up in the morning and I look out that window and the beauty of God's creation and the beautiful stillness of the lake, it just inspires me and it brings peace to me. And I never really lost that. But you know what? Sometimes you have to work on it. You have to ask God to help you, not to become so hardened to the beautiful things that he's putting in front of you. And I think we're so focused on the things we're fearful of and worried about that we miss what is right in front of us every single day. So the people were amazed that God did all this stuff and the fall and they ate. Okay. Everybody ate, you know? And so the next day they went looking for Jesus. Okay. But they went looking for him for the wrong reasons. They couldn't find him. So they got in a boat. I'm just paraphrasing. And they went over to Capernaum where they found him. And Jesus knew why they were looking for him. And he began telling them that they should not labor for things that perish. In other words, don't work so hard just to be fed physically. Uh, don't work so hard on the natural things in the world because that's why they were searching for him so that they could be fed. And, and he said, but I want you to work hard at ever, toward everlasting life. That's what he told them basically. And they asked him this question now. They said, so what should we do if we want to do God's work? I mean, okay, you're telling me don't, don't go after the food here. Okay, I got mm-hmm. that. So what are we supposed to do? And Jesus says, the work you can do for God. And this is the first thing. And in one scripture, it says only believe. It says starts with believing in the one that's, that he sent, which was Jesus. He was standing right there. And they replied, look at this. Show us a miracle so we can see it. And then we'll believe in you. He's you got wonder. Oh, my gosh. It says Moses took care of our ancestors who were fed by the miracle of manna every day in the desert. Just like the scripture says, he fed them with bread from heaven. What sign? Listen to this audacity. What sign will you show us? What sign will you perform for us after they just ate? From two loaves of bread, five fish and two loaves. What ailed? Oh, vice versa, I forget. And then what sign are you going to show us? They just ate. And that's exactly why they went to find Jesus, because they knew he would feed them again. And yet they're saying, give us a sign. They asked him to give them a sign that they should believe him. How hard. I mean, this wasn't one day. And their heart became hardened and they forgot what he did. You know, Al, years ago, I used to keep a journal. I don't, I don't so do that much anymore. Sometimes I write things down, but, uh, you know, we always encourage people to keep journals of everything that God's done, the good outcome of it and how you stood in faith and everything. And then years later, you look at it because you're going through something and you look at it. And, and you remember. Yeah, and you remember. But here's the thing. Don't just close up the book and say, oh, yeah, you did it back then. But can you really do it now? It is your faith that you need to activate to believe that what he did for you back then, he can do for you today. Now, these people, yeah, these people just witnessed several miracles and they asked for a sign to help them believe. 
We forget so easily. Our hearts get so hardened because we are so self-focused. You know what? We're self-focused and full of fear. What am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And we're just totally self-focused. And right. as soon as you're self-focused, the fear and anxiety start. Yes, and you're believing in you and your provision rather than the one who can actually provide mm -hmm. for you. And we're talking about believing that you could be free from anxiety. So Jesus continues to tell them, look, I'm the bread of life. And you know what they said? Give us this bread. Yeah. He's standing right there. Oh my gosh, I can't be too hard on them. Who knows what I would have done back then? I yeah. don't even know. And Jesus said to them, look, I'm the bread of life. Come every day to me and you will never be hungry. Believe in me and you will never be thirsty. Yes, I've told you that even though you've seen me, you still don't believe in me. I mean, he just called them on it. Yeah, you, you, you kind of sit there, you know, you sit there and say, do you see what these guys just did? But then we go and do the same thing. <laughs> well, I don't want to get Sometimes. on that. <laughs> We're so, trying not to. You know, some of you are watching here today, and you're already Christian. That's good. You know, yeah, and when you believe in Jesus, but many Christians don't believe in Jesus. No, they do, but they don't. I'm sorry. They believe in Jesus, but not necessarily they believe in the Word of God. In other words, um, but you see... They separate it out, yes. and you can't, because Jesus said that, you know, he is the word. Yes, but does. they don't believe certain things in the word, or they think, well, that won't work for me. Right, they separate Jesus from the word. I, that's really true. And here it says in John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So, so when you read the word, you're reading Jesus, you're reading his heart. Right. And so what's in the Bible is all Jesus. And what we do is we see things in there and we go, well, how could that be? Or God, Jesus won't do that for me. And, you know, that's that's part of the devil's deception. The devil yeah. comes along and goes, look, look, look. God will do it for them, but he's not going to necessarily do this for you. And the, there's the anxiety starts. Well, why wouldn't he do it for me? Am I a sinner? You know, we, we just fall to the wrong voices. Any voice that you hear that's not in alignment with the scripture, you need to reject it. Absolutely, absolutely. Bring your mind, make yep. your mind captive to the, to who would, to the word. Before we begin to give you some biblical principles on how to get and stay free from anxiety, you've got to settle in your heart that you are going to choose to believe the word of God above all circumstances and above all symptoms. If a trigger arises and your heart starts going crazy, choose. And I do this all the time. If there's a physical problem or anything, I stand up in the middle of the room and I say, I choose to exalt the word of God above this symptom. I Because I certainly don't feel like it. I feel like crawling in bed and putting a blanket on me and forgetting the problems, forgetting the physical pain. That's what I feel like doing. You've got to choose on purpose to exalt the Word of God, to use the Word of God, to depend on the Word of God above anything you're feeling, any fear you might have. And if you don't read the Word, and I'm telling you, I tell you, there are Bible studies I go to, and they got every book there but the Bible. Now, hey, we write books. We want you to read our books, and they're Bible-based, and that's great. That's a good start. But when people go home, I know those people don't read the Bible every day. They don't even take an excerpt of it and just go with it, you know? But, you know, I say that you got to begin to. 
And you've got to read the word every single day. And as you stay in the word, then you'll begin to renew that mind to his tremendous promises for you because the Bible is full of promises for you. And as your mind begins to focus on the things of God, even if it's one little story, your belief system is going to rise in the things of God. And then you're going to believe, then you're going to believe that God does want me free from this and I can be free. You, you know, I always say this, Al, you're going to believe something one way or another. That's right. You know, so if you want to be free from any form of anxiety, it's best to believe what God says about you. Exactly. You know, just reading, the, just sitting down and reading the Bible, even if you don't understand it, the anxiety levels start going down. Absolutely. And, and just, um, you know, they, they've done studies with people that were depressed, and they said, they, got, they made him sit down and, re, you know, they had all these wires hooked up to him, you oh, know. Yes, yes, yes. And they just sat there reading the Bible and, the, and it all just started coming down. I mean, they proved wow. it just reading wow. the scripture. And we don't read the scripture. We pray in unbelief. We pray in fear. And then we try to do something in the natural, doing it all wrong. It's so true because even if I'm out somewhere, of course, I don't have my Bible on me or whatever, and something happens and it triggers a fear moment or whatever, I on purpose picture me opening up the Word of God. It's oh, just all good. in my mind. It's an imagination, yeah. which is powerful. Opening it up, and I don't have to read any of the words. I see my Bible. I know it's got the big, big letters. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and, and all I have to do is see it, and the peace of God just comes on me. But again, I didn't feel like doing that. I did it on purpose. Yeah, you did it on purpose. But you know, it's God's will that you be well physically and emotionally. It's not his will that you walk around sick and so he can show how strong he is. That's not his will. His will is for you to be healthy emotionally. And look at Romans 12, 12, 12, 2. I'm sorry. And I got this in the Passion Translation. It says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. The cause of anxiety is how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. So wow, we just awesome. have to get into the word and transform our thinking. Yeah, You know, I tell people, even if you don't understand it, if you read the word regularly but still have a hard time believing some of his promises to you, then here's what you need to do. There's things you need to do to help crush all that unbelief that's rising up and the devil is screaming in your ear, it's not for you, it won't work. Put it down. No one understands the Bible. And that's what the devil will do to you. You're going to have to start Finding a promise, particularly like maybe Psalms or Proverbs or New Testament, and speak that promise out of your mouth. Begin speaking it. I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. The peace of God God that passes all understanding. I have this peace. I am am going to, you know, I tell people, um, you know, this faith, it's, it's the opposite of unbelief. But I tell people, look, read the devil the his future. Read him the right. So you know what? I'm going to heaven. I'm blessed. I'm a born again believer of God. I may not be perfect, but Jesus is. He's accepted me. I'm going to heaven. The devil's a liar and he's going to be burning in hell and I'm not listening to him. I don't do demons. I love that. You're, You're replacing a lie with truth. Yeah. You can't just rebuke the lie because that lie is going to come right back because it's an empty place now. 
There's nothing there. Yeah. What do you think is going to attack it first? Yeah. You know, I, I tell people there. that, uh, yeah, this happens to me a lot. Um, if I go somewhere like one of these stores and they have music on, they have that old rock and roll music. Do you ever notice no one has Christian music on? Do you ever very, think about that? Very, few. Maybe There's a nothing. Christian bookstore, yes. but anyway. <laughs> and I come back singing some old song. Yeah. And it isn't good enough to just say, I don't want that song. I'm not singing that song. I have to replace it. And what I do is I put on worship music and I start letting that flood in my soul and I start singing that and singing that. And then once I start doing that, that thing just, I can't even remember That's what the song right. was. That's right. And what, you got to replace what it. What does stick? That Christian song sticks forever and it sticks. ever if and you, ever. It doesn't go, yeah. Yeah. You got to play because it a lot and get it in, in your word. soul. You got to get it into the layers of your That's soul. Right. And That's what's right. happened is because growing up in America, usually they're oldies, I've heard these songs for 30, 40, 50 years. They play them on the radio now. And you can go to the oldies stations and yeah. you just remember that whole song. Why? Because you've heard it a million times. They've played it a million times on the radio. I remember as a kid, that, <laughs> this goes to go show you how old I am. They would put on the Bee Gees. Remember the Bee Gees? It oh, was yeah. constant, 24-7 with the Bee Gees, playing it over and over. You know, every song, everywhere. I remember it was so bad they had Bee Gees free weekends <laughs> where, where they would finally stop playing it. So when they play those songs, it comes all comes back. You have to replace it. That's right. And I it replace it with Christian. We were doing it last night. We were playing Christian worship. Get it in your soul. Get it in your thinking. And the and the words of your mouth, speaking that out, like I will not. Now death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit thereof, which is Proverbs eighteen twenty one. So listening to the worship music changes the way you speak. Absolutely. You're not singing that heathen songs yes, anymore. That's very true. You're singing the right stuff. So let's give you just a few examples of what to do. If you're fearing a lack of finances and, and it's causing great anxiety in you, then you could speak out this. I am a tither. And when I give, it will be given back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. That's based on scripture, Luke 6, 38. You could say, God is my provider, and he will give me exceedingly abundantly above all I could ever ask or think. That's Ephesians 3.20. You could say, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches. That means in proportion to his riches in glory. That's from Philippians 4.19. And he's got all the money there is. Right. <laughs> he Stop. invented money. Stop looking at your circumstances and keep your heart focused on his promises. And you know, I'm going to bring this up. You know, what about when, when we had these COVID shutdowns? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, many, many people lost their jobs and they have financial struggles and they're getting evicted and it's, it's just been a horror. You know, you too can still be helped. God is waiting there to help you and to show you the way out of your particular situation. And it's not the same for everyone. Right, Al? We have different, we, we hear different things from God depending on our circumstances, depending on our heart, and depending on what he knows we can receive. Yeah, and where, that's what I'm going to say. What you can receive, it's kind of like you begin a journey with God, and some of the young or baby Christians can't receive as much as you and I can receive that's because right. we've been down the road, or anyone who's been years in that's this. Right. They should be better receivers. 
Yeah, and you know, the more you're in the word, the more you'll trust God that you can actually receive from him because he's dishing it out. He is dishing out the blessings. He's dishing out the freedom. He's dishing out the healing. And we're the ones that walk away from it. We're the ones that don't pay attention. We're the ones that become hardened. We're the ones that focus too much on our problems and then nothing gets done. And it's not God's fault. So the point of this whole thing is that we want to make sure that the word of God, that you know that the word of God is your answer to anxiety. And from here on in, we're going to take scripture and we're going to tear it apart to show people exactly how they can be free from this anxiety. But you need to believe it and you need to openly receive it and say, Lord, I receive it as much as I know how to receive it. I believe it as much as I know how to believe it. Help my unbelief, especially if you're new at this, you know, help my unbelief. Anyway, we have a book here we'd like to offer you, and it's called Get Rid of That Anxiety with God Right by Your Side. You do not have to do this alone. He is your cheerleader. I love to say that. If you could picture cheerleaders just rooting for their team, God is rooting for you. He wants you to experience every single thing that he died to give you. And so we encourage you to go to victorylifeministries.org today and get your copy, get two copies, get a copy for a friend, somebody that you know might be suffering, you know, and get healed together. Get rid of your anxiety with God right by your side. Go to victorylifeministries.org to get your copy. And if you would, you know, we would just so much love it if you would become a partner with Victory Life. This is good ground. You can sow a seed into this ground and it is all used to spread the gospel around the world. So again, you can click that donate button. You can give a one-time donation or you can become a recurring partner, which we appreciate also. So that you can do also at victorylifeministries.org. We appreciate everything and we believe for our partners to receive a 100-fold return in in this life, not in the life to come, in this life. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. And remember, victory is always yours through Jesus Christ. We'll see you next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for new episodes each week. You can help us by rating the show or by simply sharing this episode with your friends. Learn more about us and find tons of resources that will help you grow your faith at victorylifeministries.org.